Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Michael Patria, uh, joined by none other than my brother from down under, Brenton Eckersley. Uh, we're here to break down this nice Friday, August 21st slate for you guys. Playoffs continue. We have four games on this docket, but more importantly, Brett, my good buddy, how are you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I missed you this week. I know, I know. It was weird when I uh, when I do that show. So we, you know, Sunday night for me, Monday morning for you. Uh, I, you know, I went solo, uh, and I, I felt like there was numerous times where I was waiting for someone to talk back to me, uh, and there was no one but the voices in my head, man. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're back, though. Uh, I missed you, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some good time, man. I, I, you know, now it's like you never the grass isn't always greener. When you were gone, uh, I, I I was distraught. Needless to oh, say. Oh, me too. I, I miss you. <laughs> and I listened to your part. It was really good. But yeah, I, I just missed you. Made me miss you even more. I appreciate it, brother. Well, we got, we got some good stuff to jump into, man. I mean, uh, the playoffs have been been a treat. I mean, we have this Lakers game going on right now. Uh, Anthony Davis looks like he's coming with a little bit more tempo uh, than the game prior. Um, and, you know, he was, he was taking some heat from Laker Nation, I think, brutally on Twitter. Uh, but still some still some time left, still plenty of time left. We have to see how this one kind of shakes out. But we saw Milwaukee uh, kind of lay uh, a little bit, you know, of a hurting um, before. To be honest, was absolutely crushing. Middleton continues just to be like nothing, man. He has not been providing them anything throughout these first two games. The Heat took down the Pacers, uh, which was... You know, kind of expected, I think. Uh, Pacers are down 0-2. Heat are just kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. They look good. Um, they look like they, they could put up a fighting chance against this Milwaukee team. So, uh, But we got four different games to talk about. And we have Toronto, Brooklyn, Denver, Utah, Boston, Philly, the Clippers versus Dallas. So some own action. But before we jump into anything, just a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor. Manscaped. Go check them out. Use that promo code HoopBall. Uh, you get 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. So you can try out that lawnmower 3.0, or maybe you just need a little bit of accessories to help freshen up. They have it all. But Brian, we got we got these four games. The first game on the docket for us is going to be this 1:30 Eastern Standard Time game. It's Port. Oh, I said Portland. It's Toronto versus Brooklyn uh, with a 220 and a half total. 10 and a half point spread. Uh, this will be the second largest game total on the, on the slate. And we kind of seen two, uh, two tails with these two teams. You know, the first game, uh, Toronto had it in hand. They ran away with it. Second game, you know, they won, uh, but it wasn't as easy. Uh, it was a little bit of a lower scoring game, 104 to 99, but only a five point win. And we got to see a lot of these guys Brook from Brooklyn capitalize. So 
Uh, why don't we start with this Toronto team? Uh, you know, I, I guess I should just flat out ask you, do you expect this one? You know, we saw one stay close. One was a little bit of a blowout. What do you think this game is going to look like in general? And then, uh, you know, I'll let you jump into some of the guys you're interested on in Toronto. Yeah, cool. Uh, look, Nets played well last game. That That's really, you know, good to see. I, I still think Toronto is just too much for them, and, and that's a pretty obvious statement. But it was nice to see them keep it close in the last one. So, yeah, look, there's some value in this game. I think um, uh, I'm, I'm probably just looking straight to the – to the two main guys for the Raptors in, in the point guard and the shooting guard in, in Lowry and Van Vliet. The, the prices on DK just look too cheap for me, Mike. It's uh, the Nets. It's pace up. It's not the best defense in the world. Uh, if the game stays close, which the Nets prove that they can do, uh, I just don't see why these prices are priced the way they are. I think these guys are hitting that value and exceeding it pretty much every night, and especially against this Nets team. I think you can play them both just about um, 7,800 for Lowry and 7,600 for Van Vliet. I love both of these guys. How about you? I'm with you, brother. I've been riding this backcourt uh, and I'm going to continue riding, especially Van Vliet. Uh, I was talking, I think I did the show with Santino and I said I like Van Vliet a little bit more than Lowry. And it's a toss up with these guys on a night to night basis. But Van Vliet looks healthy. He's clicking. Uh, and he's handling a lot of these assist duties. So we're seeing Lowry play, you know, not necessarily off ball. Um, but he's willing to take more shot attempts. And, you know, we're kind of seeing Powell step up. But I have I have no problem looking at either one of these point guards, especially if I'm looking at some guys on the other side. Um, you know, another guy I, I, I can't really touch anymore, it's Siakam, man. I mean, he is just not assertive. He's, you know, maybe in your cash games, uh, the tournament pivot, it's, it's an option. But it's hard to, you know, just ignore what Van Vliet and Lowry are doing. And, you know, yeah, you'll save three or $500, but... I feel like the the floor is probably about five or six points lower at this point too. Yeah, I tend to agree. I keep waiting for the breakout game from Siakam again, especially against the Nets, and it just doesn't seem to come. He's been kind of just treading water for a little while. Seventy three hundred, you know, he's he's around that value every night, but I don't see where the upside's coming. He, he doesn't look aggressive. The other guys are just taking over the game, and yeah, I'm kind of with you. Seventy three hundred. I think there's better options out there. Yeah, I think the the main value that he brings is position scarcity at the power forward position. You know, if if that's a, a thing that you're concerned with, there are some other options that we could choose from. Uh, but he kind of falls, you know, a little bit above that mid tier, but not necessarily up where like Jason Tatum is. So, I think that's that's probably where you look at him, and he he won't draw a lot of ownership. And let's be real, like you said right off the rip, this this is going to be up tempo game. He's got the second highest game total on the night. I mean. Pretty much everybody on Toronto realistically could be in play against Brooklyn, and it, it comes at no surprise. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really gravitating towards either one of these centers right now. I, I, I generally love centers against Brooklyn. This isn't the series for Gasol. We're going to have to wait until the next one. Uh, there's just no reason with the way Brooklyn plays with TLC or Curex at the four. They don't need to run both, uh, you know, Gasol and Ibaka on the floor at the same time. or So I, I'm, I'm just not really, you know, gravitating towards either one of those guys at the moment. I, I expect them to kind of chop up the minutes. Uh, but the other two guys I think we have to talk about would just be Norman Powell and OG. Do you have any interest in either one of these guys? Only a $300 price difference. Uh, yeah, look, I'll, I'll probably pass on OG in this one. Um, I, you know, he's been playing pretty well. It's a slight increase up from 4,400 to 4,600. Um, uh, 
it was sorry yeah that's right that is right 4400 to 4600 it's just a little steep for me um he's such a great defensive player but i don't see the fantasy points coming unless he has one of his uh rare shooting nights out um i'll just leave og on the table there and and head straight to norm i think you guys know i love norm by now um you know he is hit and miss and he's scoring dependent but yeah, he, he 4300 is a great salary for Norm Powell. Uh, he's playing the minutes. He's, you know, coming off 37 DK points in the last matchup. Uh, and while he can be scoring dependent, he, he is showing some upside with rebounds in the last couple of games. So I think uh, I think this is a great salary for Norm Powell. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't mind taking a look at OG. He's probably more of a cash consideration for me than Powell. Powell. I mean, there is some risk associated with them because we don't know exactly what those minutes might look like. And they were 32 in the last one, 17 in the blowout. So we could chalk that up. But uh, I'm with you. I think it's a great value at 4,300. Having that small forward eligibility surely helps us out. And the guy's played well against Brooklyn this season. He's averaging about 28 DK points in 27 minutes. And I, and I know it's not the exact same Brooklyn team he played during the regular regular season, uh, but they're but they're worse. So um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't see how that we can't take that with a grain of salt. So if you're telling me this guy's going to play at least, you know, 24, 25 minutes, uh, I don't see, uh, you know, how he doesn't really hit the value at 4,300. So I'm with you. It's going to be the two guards for me mostly. And then some Norman Powell, but we'll slide it over to Brooklyn because these guys, they showed that they could pour it on uh, with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. I mean, they've played, they both played 30 plus minutes, even in the blowout and then played, you know, almost 40 in the games that were close. So I, I don't, I don't feel like I can just sit there and, you know, ignore these guys anymore and be worried about this 10 and a half or 10 point spread. That's on this game. I have no problem playing these Brooklyn guys. I'm going to continue playing these Brooklyn guys, riding Karis Levert, riding Jared Allen. And now um, we didn't even get to the injury report and I apologize, but Joe Harris had to leave the bubble. So he's going to be out of the next two games minimum. Uh, Jamal Crawford is also ruled out with his hamstring injury. So, with Joe Harris out, we're looking at even more, you know, value or minutes going to some other guys. So I, I kind of just talked off for a little bit. Why don't you start off and let me know, I guess, uh, who, who's the number one option you're looking for uh, point per dollar wise on this Brooklyn Nets team? Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. Both of those guys, you know, the two main usage guys for the Nets, Levert's playing really, really well. Uh, Jarrett Allen continues to hold value and at 7,100 especially versus 8,100 for uh, Karras. I'm, I'm probably heading more towards Jarrett Allen here. Um, the Raptors defense is usually really, really good, but something is up with Mark Gasol. Um, so they're playing a, a fair bit of Serge Ibaka and I think Jarrett Allen's just way too athletic. He's going to monster him around the rim there. Um, I, I don't mind playing both of them. 8,100 still a pretty good price for Karras. Uh, it's getting up there, but, um, you know, really, he, he's he's balling out and, and providing 40-plus DK points every night. So you can look at both of those guys, no problems. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, Joe Harris leaving the bubbles uh, interesting. I'm not really sure where the, the, the value actually goes here. You could look at TLC. Um, 4,600, he's, he's, you know, shooting the ball well in the bubble and, and, and that's a bit of a surprise, which it's a nice surprise, but I'm not really targeting him here. I'm actually just going to throw one out there and see what you think here. I'm, I'm actually thinking Justin Anderson might step in here and, and benefit the most from Harris being out of the bubble. He's rock bottom pricing, 3,100 on DK. Um, he's, a, he's a potential real uptick in minutes here. What, what do you think about that play if he gets 17 to 20 minutes on the court? 
I, I think that's in the realm of possibilities. Uh, you know, when we look at a guy like Joe Harris, he was playing big minutes, you know, account for, we'll say, 35, and that's probably being conservative in this playoff push right now. Um, you know, those are going to get distributed. I, I was actually thinking that Tyler Johnson would probably see the biggest mm-hmm. uptick uh, <clears throat> if they opt to slide Garrett Temple over to the three. Uh, they could just play Tyler Johnson alongside or even play Tyler Johnson at the one slide the Lever- uh, Levert to the three because Levert's basically been playing point guard for them the past uh, you know few games. So um, I, I definitely see Justin Anderson benefiting because Tyler Johnson's a guy that's playing 20 minutes a night anyway, so he's not going to be able to absorb all those. So I think you might be right. I think you know, it does trickle down to Justin Anderson, uh, maybe a little Keurig, maybe a little Chioza as well. But I think, I think Johnson would probably be the biggest beneficiary. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see, obviously, more shot attempts probably get spread out between, you know, Levert really can't shoot anymore. Jared Allen's not aggressive in that in that first unit. He kind of just puts back, cleans up around the rim. Um, we'll probably end up seeing Garrett Temple or TLC take a few more shot attempts than they normally would. And TLC has been starting. He kind of started uh, that game over Keurig's last game. It's not a good matchup, but he's playing aggressive and he's playing big minutes. Uh, 4,600, there's worse, you know, worse guys you can look at. I'm not going to you know, gravitate and play a ton of them, but if I land on them, I'm not going to mind. But my main three options I think I'm looking at on this team would be Levert, Jared Allen, uh, Tyler Johnson as a you know pivot play and somebody that's probably going to have a little bit lower ownership, decent upside, and then maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of sprinkles from Garrett Temple and, and TLC in there as well, but probably won't end up on them too, too much. Yeah, cool. Look, look uh, everybody has that guy that burns them, and Tyler Johnson's just one of those for me. I struggle to get him on the right night. So, look, 4200 yeah, it's a good price. I just probably plan to spend my money elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to look at Justin Anderson and hope that he has uh, that, that serious increase in minutes. And, uh, yeah, I think it could be there for him. You know, as you mentioned, uh, um, TLC, like, decent salary but i'm not i'm not targeting him if i have to land on him on in lineups like you said he's been more aggressive yep i'll take him if i land on him and that's about it yeah he's, and he's been struggling with foul trouble in this matchup as well he's staying on the court as long as he possibly could but it's not easy for him um you know the more i think about the tyler johnson play that he seems like him and uh, Justin Anderson seemed like the plays if you are not gravitating towards anybody on Toronto and you're kind of maybe, you know, thinking of this game is going to be a blowout and the, and the starters might get limited. If that's if that's your take, then maybe look at those guys a little bit more. Uh, but I'm still in the camp where I'm playing these starters, whether it's a blowout or not, and I'm just going to ride it. Uh, you know, I don't think that they're really going to be affected by it too much. So we'll uh, we'll keep it moving, though. We have Denver versus Utah. So uh, as far as a game total for this game, we have a 218 and a half. And then Denver is being favored by one and a half points. So uh, this game has been providing us some pretty good value, uh, some pretty good fun and enjoyment during the, the playoffs. I mean, uh, we got to see an overtime game in the first one. Last one was a little bit of a blowout, but we get to see Jokic being a little bit more aggressive. So. Uh, why don't you start off with this Denver team? Uh, a lot of cooks in the kitchen now. People are starting to get healthy outside of Will Barton and Gary Harris. Uh, so why don't you talk about uh, you know who you're really gravitating towards between this big three of Porter Jr., Murray, and Jokic? Yeah, cool. Uh, I'm actually really enjoying this series. Uh, you know, there was the blowout in the last game, but I don't expect that to happen again. Um, well, not certainly not in the next one because coaches tweak and they make sure that's not going to happen in, in the concurrent or the, the 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 second third game sorry so i expect this one to stay much closer uh I, i'm i'm really enjoying digging into uh how the 
both teams are going about their offenses here is that, you know, it's just pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. And, and I don't mind that. I love seeing guys work that craft perfectly. And we, we saw um, Murray and Jokic just excel in the pick and roll in the first one. Um, not so much in the second, but I think they go back here. And, and I'm just looking straight at Jamal Murray at 7K and straight at Nikola Jokic at 9,300. I think these guys go off here. Um, that's that's the, the script I see coming. And um, I, I think that both of them can be looked at. Yeah, so you when you know when you listen to this, you actually might hear it chop up a little bit, and that's because of uh, my technical malfunction of uh, not noticing I muted it. So we do apologize on that, but we're <laughs> we know the the man behind the curtain is going to mash this up pretty well. But uh, Brett, you were just talking about you know interest in Jokic and Murray. Uh, I'm with you. I think both these guys are very much in play. The thing I run into with Jokic is that I just prefer Embiid in the next game a little bit more. Um, I just love that matchup. I love the price tag he's at. So, you know, it's DK. We could play two centers if we'd really like to. Uh, I just I just prefer Embiid over him. So uh, that's kind of where I land. I think Jokic makes for a good pivot, solid pivot. And then with, with Murray and with Michael Porter Jr., there's two things I notice, or one thing I really notice. It's that they kind of eat into each other's usage when both these guys are on the court. In that overtime game, in the first game of the series, we saw Murray take uh, about 20 shot attempts while Porter Jr. Uh, only managed to get up 13. And it was pretty much vice versa in the last one. Mur uh, Murray only took 13 shot attempts, and Michael Porter Jr. got up 17. Uh, so I think these guys kind of correlate uh, you know, negatively to each other. So I, I don't like stacking them or playing them together. But I don't mind getting one-offs of either one of them. I think they're both excellent plays. I kind of prefer Porter Jr. Uh, just, you know, solely on the fact that Mike Conley is returning in this. And, you know, we didn't touch on the Jazz news, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, so, you know, I... I he, he torched them during the regular season. If you look at the regular season numbers, that didn't matter that Conley was on the floor. But I don't really know how much I take that for what it's worth, knowing that Conley was you know pretty injured, uh, battling injuries throughout the regular season, finally starting to look like his old self before he had to leave the bubble for the birth of his child. But So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I like them both. I think they're both very, very much in play. Uh, and they're my two favorite targets, probably uh, on the Nuggets. I don't think I'll end up landing on too much Jokic. And then with the whole Grant and Millsap thing, we've talked about it on the other show. Uh, I just think it's Grant at this point. I, this isn't the matchup for Millsap with the Utah playing smaller with Ingles and Royce O'Neal at the four. Uh, it, it's almost the same thing as the Gasol scenario where, you know, we have to wait till the next series, till a different situation where these guys are actually, you know, forced into the minutes. Um, there's no reason to play these guys. Uh, and they're, they're veterans. They'll, they'll get torched by young guys that play small. So um, that's, uh, that's where I'm at with this Denver team. So I, I don't know if there's anybody else you wanted to really touch on. Uh, no, not, uh, yeah, maybe one more. Look, I tend to agree with you on Millsap. Uh, I'm not, I'm not playing him in lineups at the moment. Um, especially when Jeremy Grant's just coming over the top and is only a hundred dollars more. So leave Millsap out of it in this series. Uh, Monte Morris has been playing pretty well, 3,800. His last two outings, um, against the Jazz, you know, 18 DK points around about 28. So at 3,800, that's pretty good value. Uh, he's playing really well as the backup. And, um, you know, the minutes will be there about uh, what he's been putting out, which is 29 and 23 in the last. And Millsap's really struggling in this one. So, you know, there's plenty of minutes to go around. Yeah. All right. Good call, man. I don't, I don't, and then anytime we see Murray get into foul trouble, we know who uh, is going to benefit from that. So we'll slide it over to the Utah side. And kind of like what I said before, Mike Conley expected to play in this one. He is probable at the moment. Uh, so he should be back. I don't really expect maybe any sort of, you know, minutes limitation. He wasn't gone for that long. 
Uh, he looked like he was in pretty great shape before he left. And this game's super important. So um, let's just, you know, kind of assume he's going to play 34, 35 minutes, I think. Uh, I think at the very least would be like 32 to 33. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell has been straight balling, man. It's, it, you know, $9,400 price tag. I just don't think I could pay that anymore, especially with Conley back. It's tough with Conley back, but it's still achievable that 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 value at 9400 he like you said he has just been rocking uh this Denver team and and doing everything right to to get his shots to get to positions where he wants his shots and you know that that 57 point game in in game 1 was just unbelievable and the use again the use of the pick and roll with, with these guys you know you've got Murray and Jokic on one side and you got Mitchell and Gobert on the other just playing this pick and roll to perfection um I don't mind 9400 for Donovan I don't think he's going to you know get to the 81 that he hit in game one um, but basically if he can if he can get off the screens and and you know use the pick and roll to get away from Tory Craig's defense really that's it it's over for me he gets his shot and he pretty much makes it every time so I don't mind the 9400 um, there's probably some other guys like the Raps guards you know the Raptors guards who are a hell of a lot cheaper and and may exceed what Mitchell puts out in this one but you know the p- potential there to use them in different lineups and, and see which way the games go. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I was, I was looking at it as well. It's just a steep price tag and, you know, we're paying for that sort of usage that he's been playing with when Conley was off the floor with Conley back on the floor. It does dip slightly. Uh, he's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to say a lot as much. Uh, so, you know, for those reasons, I, I, I kind of think, you know, I'll take the night off of him. I'll, I'll get my cheaper exposure to some other guards. As far as Rudy Gobert, I don't mind playing him at 7,400. I think that's a very fair price tag. I've been saying it all series. I prefer Jared Allen over him. He's $300 cheaper. I know I'm going to have exposure in that game, so I just don't think I can go to Gobert, especially when I, I said if I'm spending up, it's going to be on Embiid, and if I'm probably going down a little bit, it's going to be on Jared Allen. Um, and Ingles, Clarkson, what do you think about these two guys? Both priced up a little bit now, 5,700 for Ingles, 55 for Clarkson. Uh, you know, both should still have decent usage with Conley back, but uh, two guys that we're also seeing a nice, nice little price bump in now, and we were kind of paying for that usage. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I love both of these guys. Uh, if Conley's out, if he's definitely back, then I'm probably just moving away, especially from Ingles. I think he loses a whole lot of ball handling duties. Um, Jordan Clarkson, not so much. 5,500 is a big price jump, though. Um, still still achievable. Conley out. Uh, sorry, Conley in puts a bit of a damper on that for me, though, and I'll probably just stay away. Yeah, I know. If I had to pick one of them, I'd probably pick, uh, pick Clarkson. Um, I think both guys are still in play. But more, maybe more for cash at this point now that their ceilings are going to be a little bit limited. They still have solid floors. Uh, Clarkson's going to get a ton of shot attempts. Ingles going to get the minutes, and he'll be able to do what he does in the offense. So I don't mind looking at these guys, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to gravitate towards them either. I think uh, Conley is, is going to be my guy at 5,900. I just love that price tag on him. Uh, if he does come back and just play 34, 35 minutes, jumps right back into things, I would have no issues paying that price tag of 59 for him. Uh, are you going to have any shares of him? Yeah, for sure. If he, if he's back and and definitely, you know, he, he's not, he shouldn't lose minutes. So yeah, absolutely, fifty nine hundred is definitely in play. Um, uh, as you mentioned, you know, fifty five hundred for Clarkson. I look, I just think there's better value on the board. The guys with bigger upside now that Connolly's back. But yes, uh, Mike Connolly is in play for sure. 
Yeah, and I think the the only other guy worth really talking about would be Royce O'Neal, who uh, put up a whop and uh, almost quietly put up a triple double, uh, nine seven in eight games. Don't expect the eight assists to happen again. That's pretty much more assists than he's had over the past like seven or eight games combined. Um, it might have been like just a freak of nature thing, and people were just hitting their shots after he touched it. So I still do like him. Forty one hundred is not a bad price tag. The rebounds are generally there for him. He's usually around that five to seven range. So. Uh, with that price tag, he chips in a couple points. Low volume, um, low usage guy, but he doesn't need much at 4100. So I, I think he's an option. So I'm gonna, I'll probably say Conley and uh, O'Neal would be my two highest owned Jazz guys. Yeah, cool. I've got written down here in red. Which O'Neal do we get? Um, I don't think it's the uh, the 37 DK points. Uh, O'Neal, that's that's the problem. Forty one hundred, yeah, cool. Uh, have some shares in him. He's certainly not something that I'm, you know, gravitating towards as a target or anything like that. But he should he should get there. Yeah. All right, man. We'll keep it moving. Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Two sixteen over under in this game. Boston's being favored by five after a disappointing blowout in that last one with Joel Embiid head down on the bench. Did not look happy with his team or his performance. But we'll start with this Celtics team. Gordon Hayward will still be out. He's going to miss at least the next four weeks right now with that. I think it was a grade three ankle sprain. Um, but Jason Tatum's been doing nothing but balling. Uh, really lighting things up in this playoffs. 20 shot attempts over the last two games. 9,200. So, uh, again, when we talk about that Mitchell kind of the, you know dilemma, I prefer Tatum over Mitchell uh, at very similar price tags. But why don't you tell me who on this Boston team that – you're gravitating towards if anybody yeah tatum's the obvious one he is just unbelievable to watch at the moment uh he's good for fantasy he's good for basketball and and yeah this philly team's in trouble now uh i just expect tatum to to smash continue to smash through this nine thousand kind of salary uh, every night uh there's nothing they can do to really stop him outside of him uh, you know he's a fairly obvious pick here kemba walker actually went down two hundred dollars uh, i'm not exactly sure why but he uh, uh you know he can he can blow up on on any night um and jalen brown went down 300 dollars as well so weird pricing from dk um jalen brown dropped 50 dk points i think in the first game against the 76ers um 30 in the second and he's dropped in salary so uh, i don't mind to play on any of those guys uh, i probably want tatum if i can because of the upside the, the ceiling is just huge at the moment um what do you think about those uh those three guys those are the only three guys I'm I'm really looking at. Uh, I love Tatum. I want to play a ton of Tatum. Do I end up being able to afford him is, is the other question. So I, I think for me, I'll probably end up on Brown and Walker a little bit more. Don't be worried about these guys' minutes being down in the last game. It was an absolute blowout. Um, Brad Stevens already came out and said Kemba Walker could play 35 minutes if he needs to. So he's, he's if this game's close, he will be playing big minutes is what you need to know. So uh, 6,600. I don't mind paying that. And the same thing with Jalen Brown. I think they both have that 50 to 45 DK point upside, um, which is pretty much, you know, even when Tatum's balling last game, he played great, dropped 33 actual points. We're looking at 50 DK points. So uh, I prefer to spend down, save $2,000 with Jalen Brown or save 2,600 with Kemba for potentially having a guy that could, uh, you know, have very, very similar upside. It's just, obviously the floor is going to be slightly lower. Um, but it is what it is. If this game stays close, I don't see how all three of these guys don't ball out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the good price tags for all of them, especially as Philly seem to be just crumbling in front of us. 
Um, the other guy I just want to throw into the mix here is, uh, this is my value play for the slate, and that's Grant Williams. 3,200, uh, Haywood's out. Um, he, he's already, you know, uh, where are we? Sorry, I'm just looking here. He went from two minutes in game one to 21 minutes in game two, put up 22.5 DK points at 3,200 with Hayward out. Uh, I think that's a really solid value play if you need someone as your last guy in or you just need someone to uh, help you spend up elsewhere. Santino is somewhere is just absolutely grinning from ear to ear uh, <laughs> right now. He he absolutely loves you. He was on Grant Williams the other day. I tried to talk him off him and tell him how, how terrible of a play it was. But he did he did see an increase in minutes, 21 minutes, put up 22.5 DK points. So he hit value. Uh, so shout out Santino. That was a rock solid call for cash games. Uh, probably didn't give us the GPP upside we needed to. But uh, it, it was still a great call. And um, I don't mind looking at him. The one thing I'm a little concerned with is Ty, uh, Tice's minutes were down. Uh, he had three fouls in, in 12 minutes as well. It, you know, wasn't uh, congruent, um, but he, he kind of struggled on Embiid. And, and you know what? That could just be what it is going forward. A lot of centers get into foul trouble when Embiid's on them. So, you know, that might be an issue. And if that's an issue, uh, this, this Celtics team seems more uh, adept to just play Grant Williams. Um, and if that's the case, I'm fine with it. Um, Will I end up on a ton of them? No, but if it rounds out a lineup and if you're playing a guy that's 3,200, you're probably having a lot of studs in there. And all you need is, you know, 18 to 20 points out of a guy if you're playing, uh, you know, three guys that are you know close to eight or nine K. Yeah, that's it. He's he's your value play. He he lets you mm-hmm. get to, uh, to the big guys on the board. And, you know, uh, I just got a feeling that they're going to use him more than, you know, guys like Shemi Ojale. And, and you mentioned Tice 12 minutes in the last one just dude needs to be more aggressive. Like I just noticed him get the ball and look at his shot, but not take it and then pass it off. Um, You know, that was a bit of a worry for me. I'm not sure what, um, what they're going to do with Tice out there, but um, I won't go near Cantor. um, Even if he does take Tice's minutes. Uh, Yeah. I've just got a sneaky one on Grant Williams here. So Mm. shout out Santino. I'm with you. (laughs) All right. Hey, listen, I might have to play some Grant Williams. I can't be wrong. on him twice again. So, uh, he'll never let me hear the end of that. Especially, I think uh, I think he's supposed to come over on Saturday. We're doing our fantasy football lottery. Oh, yeah. um, it's the, it's a bunch of degenerate grown men that probably should not be around <laughs> each other. It, it's bad. Uh, we're gonna I'll social you, distance lottery, and it's still gonna probably be obnoxious. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll slide over to this Philly team. Ben Simmons still out. Glenn Robinson still out. So. Uh, we saw the blowout, but Joel Embiid still balled out, shot 11 to 21, 10 rebounds, 34 actual points for 53 DK points. Sign me up. I will have a ton of Joel Embiid in this matchup, and I don't mind going right back to the well on Tobias Harris either. Uh, he only put up 30 DK points in that last one, but he's been struggling with the shot over the past two games. Shot 4 of 14, 6 of 15. He's going to right this ship eventually, uh, and he's been getting it done in other ways, whether it's assists, rebounds. He always chips in a defensive stat or two. Uh, and he's going to have to shoulder a heavy scoring load for this for this team. I mean, it's basically uh, riding on Embiid and riding on Tobias at this point. So uh, those are my main my main two guys I'm looking at. With Al Horford off the bench, I'm not going near him. Josh Richardson just never really wets my whistle. Uh, he's been doing it, you know, for the past two games, 26 and 28 DK points. That's paying salary. I just never see that tournament winning upside with him. So I, at that point, I just can't go. I can't go near him. Uh, and then maybe we can look at Matisse if he ends up starting again. It's just, you know, he's not going to have a ton of usage. You're really just banking on him, you know, racking up a couple of rebounds and defensive stats to get you to where you need to be. Uh, and those aren't really necessarily predictable, um, especially when you're talking about a Boston team that generally holds on to the ball pretty well. 
yeah, you covered a few guys there that like, that I was kind of looking at as well. I'm I'm really floating around the edges here though uh, on the Philly team. Uh, I don't really want much to do with Matisse Thybul. I love the guy. I think he's an amazing defensive player, but that's it for me. He he really needs to you know uh, get more offensive stats uh, for me to be interested, even at 3600. Um, Joel Embiid, absolutely. All of the offense for Philly is flowing through Joel Embiid, a little bit like it does with um, Jokic over on on the Nuggets at the moment, because there's just no scoring from really anywhere out, out outside of uh, Joel and Tobias, as you've touched on. So both of those guys are in play. I, I think Tobias is usually a cash play for me more than anything else. I don't want much to do with Milton or Richardson. Um, the other th- guy that I was looking at though was Alec Burks, 4100. Uh, that's a $500 price drop from his last tag, um, and he had a shocker in game two. Um, but yeah, this could be a good bounce back spot as long as he hits his shots. Um, he's been averaging over 30 DK points prior to that one bad game fairly easily. So 4100, I'm in on there uh, as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't mind going back to the wild and Burks. Uh, you know, only played 16 minutes again, blowout. He uh, still managed to get up eight shot attempts in 16 minutes. And I think that's the number one thing that we need to pay attention to when we play Burks is that no matter what this guy does, he's going to chuck shots. Uh, the usage oh, yeah. will be there. We, you know, we, we just said it. it. It goes through Embiid. When it's not going through Embiid, it's, it's in Harris's hands. Outside of that, they really do not have that other score. So I, I don't mind looking at a guy like Burks. And he, uh, he has a better chance to you know, nab a couple extra assists and you know, peripheral stats with Al Horford coming off the bench and playing with him on that second unit too. So uh, not at all the attention is necessarily going to be on him. And uh, he has someone that he could just dump it off to at the rim because he generally handles the ball um, a lot in the second unit outside of Raul Neto. But um, that's probably it for me, man. I don't think we need to get too, too cute with the, uh, with the Sixers. I think you know, at this point we know where to, where to really look. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. We can move on. All right, man. Last game of the night, the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. Before I jump into this, stop what you're doing. Go ahead over to my bookie, type in that promo code uh, HOOPBALL, and you will be happy that you did because you will get a nice uh, deposit bonus match. You will get entry into my bookie. You will be betting on all this wonderful basketball, NBA playoff action. We have football right around the corner. Baseball is still going on when they're not actually uh, having games postponed, but nonetheless, we have a lot of action, a lot of good stuff we could jump right into. So uh, go check out my bookie, guys. Use that promo code and uh, enjoy. But LA Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, my Dallas Mavericks, series tied 1-1. Some would argue it should be 2-0, Brenton. Uh, I would be one of those people to argue that. I don't know how Kristaps Porzingis got ejected in that first game. That was absolutely uh, just ridiculous. It's playoff basketball. You just do not do that. But I'll uh, I'll save my crocodile tears for for some other day. Uh, two two thirty two and a half over under. Uh, Clippers are being favored by five points in this one, despite uh, Dallas just and Luca just doing their doing their thing. But we'll start off with this Clippers team. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 9,600. Paul George, 8,300. Those are the two big bucks guys. Uh, do you see yourself playing either one of them? I uh, would look at Kawhi before I look at PG here. I'm probably not paying that for PG uh, when Kawhi is doing so much damage for this Clippers team. He's you know uh, just basically taking all the usage. He, he's scoring at will. He's doing what he likes. And um, for that PG salary, PG 13 salary at 8,300, I'd rather pay down for Tobias, um, Michael Porter Jr. Or, or, you know, even as far down as Ingles to get a, a pretty similar DK. Um, 
potential that that Paul George has been putting out there for us. So yeah, no, no for me on Paul George. I, I'm definitely interested in Kawhi Leonard though at 9600. That's a price drop. Uh, yep. Okay. So he scored 53.5 DK points and gets for a 400 um, salary reduction. So yep, no problems paying that for Kawhi. He's topping 50 DK points every single night. Um, the only thing I'd mention there is that Jason Tatum is $400 cheaper, but uh, yeah, I don't mind either of those, uh, sorry, either of those guys between Leonard and uh, Tatum. Yeah. And I think if I had to look at it in a nutshell, you know, he's very similar price, right? Sandwiched between Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum. Um, I prefer Embiid over Leonard. I prefer Embiid over Tatum. Uh, Leonard and Tatum, it gets a little bit closer. And that's where I say lineup correlation is a wonderful thing. Because if you're looking at one of those cheaper guys, like I mentioned, you can still get your exposure, possibly have the most, uh, the highest scoring guy in that Boston team, and then still play Kawhi Leonard. So just make sure your lineups correlate. You can always mix and match, but I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm not touching Paul George. Uh, I talked about it on the last show I did with Santino. Uh, when his shoulder was being iced after the game, it looked like he had it in like a weird sling. He, he said it was nothing. It was just, you know, treatment or whatever it is. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then in the press conference after the last game against that loss uh, against Dallas, he had it iced. Same shoulder. Uh, you could tell, that, you know, he's not speaking the truth. Something's bothering him uh, and just doesn't look right. So until I could see him kind of steer the ship right, I'm, I'm not going to touch him. Um, I'd much rather, and I think my, my favorite play on this is just going to be Lou Williams. 5600 I think, is just an absolutely fantastic price tag for this guy. Uh, he's back up to 30-plus minutes over the past two games. Uh, dropped almost 40 DK points on that last one. Patrick Beverly is going to be considered a game-time decision for this game. With him out, it's only going to benefit Lou Williams even more. So sign me up for some Lou Will at 5600 I have no issues, but uh, where are you at with him? Yeah, not too bad. Fifty six hundred is a good price for for Sweet Lou. Uh, I think I probably have more interest if um Pat if Pat Bev is out though. Um, uh, the other guy I'm looking at here, if a little further down the list. Uh, no, he was the one. Sorry, Lou Williams. So yeah, no, I, I do like the play. Um, I've been a Big fan of Ivaka Zubac. That's where I got confused there. But uh, Harold back, that has just killed off his fantasy value in every single way. Um, his minutes have dropped. And, uh, yeah, he, he was uh, right around value every night, um, Zubac. And now Harold's back. And until Harold gets his game right, you can't play either of them. So I'm not looking at too much else on the Clippers there. Well, yeah, and I, I, you, you've mentioned Harrell, and at some point in time, we're going to have to take a shot on this guy because the minutes are on the rise. He played 15 in the first one. He played 21 in the last game. Uh, who's to say these things aren't going to get bumped up to 24 or 25? Uh, whether they need him or not, Doc Rivers wants to get him run. Uh, you know, If the Clippers are in the next round, they're going to want this guy to be able to handle as many minutes as possible. So, I, I mean, there's going to come a point where there's a sweet spot that we need to keep an eye on. I mentioned it on the last show with Montrez Harrell. Uh, where he's not going to have a lot of ownership because nobody knows what the minutes are going to be. He's going to be like 4,100 is way too cheap for a guy like him, where if he does come out here and play, you know, 26, 27 minutes, 4,100 is a fantastic price tag for him. Um, I would not mind paying that whatsoever. It, it's a very, very risky play, and it's only, you know, recommended in, in large field GPPs or tournaments of, the, of that nature, not a cash game guy. But, um, you know, we know why the upside is in there. And it's just, you're, we just need to hope for those minutes. If if they do end up getting up a little bit more, like season another four or five, I think you can easily crush that out of the park at 4,100. 
Yeah, I'm still staying away just at uh, at the moment. Um, he's probably too cheap at 4100 I agree. And I've also written here, he's going to explode one of these nights. There's no doubt about it. He has that potential, but he just looks a little lost for me at the moment um, with, the, with the break out of the bubble. And yep, I'm right with you. He's a, he's a GPP guy only. He's going to have that night, but I'm just not sure it's right here in this one. And I don't blame you. I mean, it's not necessarily the best matchup for him. Um, you know, when we think about it, Zubak is actually a much better matchup. When we think about who's going to be guarding Kristaps Porzingis at the five. So uh, I, I get why maybe they, they don't bring it up there. But, man, the, it's an enticing price tag for just that hopes of it getting up there. So I will have a couple of shares. I'm not going to go overboard. Uh, I still prefer Lou Williams. Um, and maybe for your cash, I definitely prefer Marcus Morris, who's been playing well. He's definitely seeing a little bit of a price bump now. He's up to 5K, started the series at 40, uh, 4,200, but he's been playing 30-plus minutes. He's been getting about 30, uh, 30 and 30, uh, what is it, 31 and 37 DK points over the last two games. Uh, it's not something that we can just necessarily ignore, but probably more of a cash game guy for me. Lou Williams, I think, is you could play in cash or GPPs. Um, and then, you know, we'd mentioned Leonard and then I guess if, uh, if we do hear that Patrick Beverly's out, you could look at Reggie Jackson. He played 25, 26 minutes in that last game. Uh, didn't play well. He got caught a little heat and then, but you know, still only put up 18 and a half DK points, but he's definitely an option at 3,500. There's a lot worse you can do. Yeah, for sure. And flip that over if Patrick Beverly does play 3,300 is a decent price for him. Uh, minutes may be the problem there though. Yeah, and I'm, you know, just seeing that he was uh, questionable game one, played game one, looked like he aggravated it because he didn't play game two, and now he's a game time decision. I, there's, I just don't see a realm of possibilities where that guy can play more than twenty minutes, um, unless he just generally doesn't care about his calf, just wants that thing to rip right off. But uh, <laughs> we'll slide over to Dallas, man. Uh, Chris Stapps, Porzingis uh, coming in probable. Uh, with that bruised left heel. doesn't look like it's really slowing him down. He played 36 minutes in that last game. Uh, didn't get it done for a lot of the peripheral stats, but, you know, that happens. Still shot the ball decent. Uh, and then Luka Doncic, 10-8, is, is a great price tag for him. We talk about this defensive matchup. If there's one that we want to avoid, it's this one. But the kid's just a stud. There's nothing that can be said about it. I mean, he's paving a legacy right now, doing things that people thought that he couldn't do. Uh, you know, toppled this Clippers team once, has everybody thinking that they should be up 2-0, making it, you know, everyone thought this was going to be a clean sweep. It was going to be an easy one for the Clippers. Uh, Doncic is not letting that happen. But uh, why don't you break down some of these Dallas guys that you're kind of looking at? I, I already know your number one guy. Uh, I'm not going to say it because I know you're going to say it, but uh, why don't you talk about Seth Curry? Oh, I, I said it. <laughs> no, I've actually left him out of this one. Uh, I'm a big Seth Curry fan, but I, I just can't go near him at the moment. He 3,900. Yep. He's, he's putting up DK points. <laughs> That's funny. Mike. <laughs> um, Norm Powell and Seth Curry. I'll just load my lineups with those guys every night and, and be done with it. Nah, look, I don't know. It, it he, he is still getting to that value and he's doing it against the Clippers, which is really nice. He's just so hit and miss for me. I, I'm, I've actually moved him off my table. <laughs> so um, I think there's some other value on the, on the board um, that, that, you know, probably rules Seth Curry out for me. He's only shooting guard eligible as well. So I'm starting to just temper my expectations there. All right. Hey, listen, I, I, you know, you, you caught me off guard there. I, I really thought you were going to be on him. And uh, I can't blame you. I, I have the same the same kind of sentiments for Kent Bazemore. No matter what I do, I have to have a little Kent Bazemore when he's on a slate. It's it, it, that base. Oh, man. Uh, just a little a little Basil Moore. 
Um, <laughs> it's it just kills me, man. I, I, his upside, it's just enticing. And then I get a thirteen and a half point DK game, and I ask myself, why do I do this to myself? But yeah, uh, <laughs> man, I can you. I can uh, uh, kind of go with those feelings i'm i'm feeling darius baisley a lot at the moment and yeah i just got burned very badly so the the bases we we uh we're both drawn to them yeah i think uh it's tough baisley was getting a lot of his uh a lot of his value off those rebounds from the front court guys being out and a little extra usage when dennis schroeder was out so uh, you know, once once that kind of got put to an end, Schroeder just takes all that bench usage, and now the front court guys are back. It's you know, saps a lot of his value out. Uh, I probably won't be playing him until his price dips back down a little bit. But let's talk about Maxi Kleber real fast. He's only thirty nine hundred. He's played back to back games with about thirty three and thirty four minutes. Uh, I didn't think he was going to play thirty three minutes in that last game. I thought you know mostly he saw the the big minutes increase because of Kristaps getting. Uh, ejected in that first one, but he still came back and played 30, uh, 33 minutes in the same game that Chris Stapps played 36. So uh, do you have an interest in Kleber at 3,900? Yeah, the minutes are pretty good, 33 and 34, like you said, but he's just up and down and all over the place. So I can't really trust him, so I'm probably not looking there. Um, I will be looking closer to a value play like potentially Trey Burke. Um, minutes aren't great, but he's he's scoring pretty well. Uh, again, a little bit up and down, but 3,600, he should should exceed value here. He, he had an off game in game one, but um, pretty much bounced back to what you kind of expect in those minutes. Um, 18, or probably exceeded what you'd expect in those minutes, 18 minutes and 28 DK points. So uh, I don't mind a little bit of Trey Burke there. Um, the other guy that I reckon we need to just keep in our, our eye on, and it might sound funny, but that's Boban. Oh, um, yes. They are giving him uh, a few minutes here and there in this matchup. They obviously like him in, in this matchup. Um, so 13 minutes in game one for 13.5 DK points, 10 minutes in game two for 25.75 DK points at 3,400. If they're going to keep rolling Boban out there, uh, I'll keep rolling him as a value play. You? Uh, you will never hear me say an ill will or ill thing about Boban Marjanovic. Uh, he is probably my favorite player in the NBA. If anybody follows me on Twitter for a while or knows me at all, they know my obsession with Boban. It's it's <laughs> it's probably otherworldly. It's not fair. I actually, I used to watch the Toby and Bobby show as often po- as possible when he was playing with Tobias Harris. The memes of uh, you know the of Tobias just talking talking crap over there to Luca. Uh, saying he's taking his guy, he's stealing his friend, and all this stuff. I, I, I eat it all up, man. I wouldn't even mind as a Dallas fan if they traded for Tobias Harris' exuberant contract just so they could put all three of these guys together and it just be like a big happy family. Um, I would that would that would be make me so happy, and I think it would actually be a good mesh. I think Tobias would play alongside of Kristaps and uh, Luca pretty well, but. One can one can only dream. Um, I don't mind looking at him, but the fact that they're giving this guy minutes, we know what he can do in even ten to fifteen minutes. If you land on him, sure, why not? I'm not going to go, you know, constructing a lineup around Boban. Um, but it, we saw it in only ten minutes last game. The guy put up twenty five DK points. That's it. That's <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, that's really probably comfortable it. out there, Mike. Really comfortable uh, in in the key against those Clippers guys. So yeah, it's just had me uh, interested. That's all. It's it's obviously a bit of a a, a dart kind of play. But if they're going to keep rolling him out in minutes where you know he he's a pretty good points per minute guy, I'll definitely have a look. Oh, and he's been an absolutely fantastic one. Um, 
And I don't know if you saw the post-game report. Shaq was talking to him. Shaq was gassing him up, saying that he actually does have – it looks like he has a lot of skill around the rim. Dude can actually shoot when he needs to shoot. Uh, and I think he made him do the 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 you rang, uh, and Boban oh, did it no. post post game and loved it and it was cracking up <laughs> and told told Shaq that he's hilarious and he absolutely loves him, gave him a big a big stupid elbow touching heart with his hands. It was hilarious. I, I I can't get enough of that guy. He needs his own reality show. Um, I'd be probably their number one and only viewer though, but no problem, no worries. I'd be I'd be ecstatic either way. Good to see uh, some characters in the NBA, you know, these guys playing with smiles on their faces and, and they can take a joke about themselves and give a little bit back when they need to, you know, Luca and, and Boban on the same team is a joy. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's, that's one thing, you know, there's certain, uh, certain athletes you see in just all sports where uh, it's just different watching them play when they're just genuinely enjoying the game they're playing. And that's one thing I always say about Luca and why I absolutely love him. Um, you know, he, he always is just out there having fun. He's, he looks like he's a kid playing on a, on a backyard court. He's trying trick passes through the legs. He's smiling. He's hitting, you know, buzzer beaters, long shots, uh, you name it. And having fun with Boban on the bench, you know, it's a good time to be a Dallas fan. Needless to say, uh, when you have these two characters and then you get to see a guy like Kristaps Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. Come over for a bag of peanuts is, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't hurt either. So. That's it, um, man. <laughs> hey, if, do you reckon if I keep asking Dallas questions that this may just go for hours? Probably. Yeah. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you bring up, you know, the Dallas uh, coffee, what else do I like to talk about here? Um, uh, basketball, basketball cards. Yeah. It's pretty much majority of my <laughs> life right there. So, uh, but, so we'll get out of here, guys. We, we won't talk your ear up too much longer. Uh, that's all we have from you. If you have a quick second, go give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Branton, let the good people know where they can find you. Yeah, cool. So you can find me on Twitter at Terrain72. That is T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. Absolutely. Go give him a follow. And uh, while you're at it, go on there, give us a thumbs up, rate and review on the podcast, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, or YouTube. It's available everywhere, wherever you're listening. It means a lot to us getting that feedback, knowing that we're doing a good job, and it keeps the lights on for us over here, guys. So I need my lights. I need good reviews. I appreciate it. Thank you a lot. But. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Santino. He'll be breaking this down, I believe, with uh, Steve, if I'm not mistaken. I'm always terrible with the schedule, so I do apologize. But look, I think it's Santino and Steve. They'll be here breaking down uh, tomorrow night for that Saturday card. But that's all we have from you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, stay safe, take care, guys, and let's go crush a GPP or something over here. Eh? This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.